You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with Travis Ryer on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Southern Fried Sports with Bama Online Senior Analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Travis Ryder, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com with you each and every weekday morning from 11 a.m. until noon. The show, as always, brought to you by Peterbrook Chocolatier out there at 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hills section of Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Outstanding place to go ahead and get those weekend treats. We talked about it last Friday. You got a lot of football. You got more football, way more football to uh, consume, become self-consumed with. Over the, the upcoming week, and you had it last night. We're going to get into a lot of that discussion here today on the program. And joining me in doing that, of course, is the executive producer of Southern Fried Sports, Mr. Joe Gaither, who together we combine to form the 60 Minute Man of Sports Talk Radio. Joe, how you doing on this TGIF morning? Oh, I'm doing great today, Travis. Happy to be here. Count it down. How about yourself? Well, we're in Big Sky Country. You know, we just through the magic of travel yesterday, we were able to go from west central Alabama to sort of central Montana, which is where we're coming to you from today. We've taken Southern Fried Sports on the road a few times, haven't we? I mean, we've taken Southern Fried Sports to Oahu, for crying out loud. You know, we've taken it to the west coast, and now we are in big sky country with you in Butte, Montana where we're originating from today. Out here checking in on the oldest, you know, 25th anniversary trip, too, for the chocolate lady and myself. 25 years, you know. She should at least get, like, a a good, a, a nice watch, a timepiece, right? I mean, like, if you work in a factory or something for 25 years, don't they at least give you a nice pen? Yeah. I think the chocolate lady deserves uh, at least that and probably a whole lot more. So, uh Yeah. Looking forward to the weekend, looking forward to a lot of football coming up in the next few days. I know that we've got you covered back there in Tuscaloosa when it comes to the high school football. I was able, through technology, to keep up with that Northside Gordo game last night. Sounded like a good one, Joe Gaither. Sounded like a good old-fashioned, hard-nosed, you know, state of Alabama High school football game last night. Gordo got the job done, 27-13, to 13, and now we're getting into region play. And I know we're going to have more of that involving some local teams tonight there in the Tuscaloosa area. I know Captain Ray, with Friday night's last call at 10 o'clock, he's going to have those scores for you tonight. 
got some big ones. Uh, Tuscaloosa County, man, just doesn't get any easier in that region, does it, man? That at Northridge, our Jags in a big region matchup hosting Bessemer City. Hillcrest on the road at the Tump. Hillcrest at Wetumpka. Bryant at McAdory, the alma mater of one Vincent Bo Jackson, hosting the stampede of Bryant tonight. Sipsy Valley at Demopolis. West Blockton at Our Ironmen. I'm a big Holt fan. I don't know if a lot of people know that because, you know, when we go to Birmingham from northeast Tuscaloosa, you cut over there that back way um, on uh, Jack Warner, you know, and it takes you right by that venerable stadium there, the home of the Ironmen there. What a stadium. Best stadium in the Tuscaloosa area. My favorite, anyway, is right there at Holt High School. You also have Hale County at Prattville Christian tonight. So a lot of high school football action back home. And again, Tide 100.9 FM is going to have you covered. At Tide 109, Twitter, that's where you need to be locked in. Always, but especially tonight. 205-342-9904 is the Peterbrook Chocolatier studio line. If you'd like to check in with us on this Friday, we will have Charlie Potter coming up around 1120. We're going to check in with Pops at about 11.45, but we've got we've got spots. We can work you in if you'd like to jump on board. Certainly a, uh, a memorable day, date in our history, 9-11, and um, just one of those where were you moments. I think that's the way everyone sort of that was around and you know, was able to sort of recall the events of 9-11-2001 and the indelible mark that it's left on our country and and everything else. We, we certainly pay tribute to that today. You know, I, I get asked that about 9-11. I can tell you where I was at. I was actually en route from Tampa, Florida to Jacksonville, Florida. was living in northeast Florida at the time. was actually working with a former University of Florida Offensive lineman by the name of Leon Hires was trying to help him get his pro career going. And we managed to help him get a free agent deal with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as an offensive guard back in 2001. So we were so excited just to do that. And then it turns out throughout the camp, training camp there in 2001, the Bucks, you know, have a couple of injuries with their offensive line. Next thing you know, our guy, Leon, He's on the opening day roster going to Dallas with the Bucks. You know, going to make a nice check. Now, you know, Leon didn't stick very long, but hey, probably got two or three checks for, I don't know, 30, 40, 60 grand. It's not bad for an undrafted free agent. So we were down there, we're kind of catching up with him and was in route back to Jacksonville when uh, really the word began to spread about the the attacks at the World Trade Center, and then also, of course, the events there in Pennsylvania as well in the Pentagon, and just uh, incredible that day, 19 years ago. A lot of stuff to get into on this Friday once again. The Alabama Crimson Tide getting ready for a scrimmage tomorrow at Bryant-Denny Stadium. We'll talk with Charlie Potter more about that coming up. This is pretty much it in terms of Scrimmage work, Alabama going to scrimmage on Saturday, and then you're going to have uh, you know a Saturday where you transition more into game week mode. 
a week from tomorrow because that's where we're going to be heading into that weekend of September the 26th. We'll also talk about some of the college football matchups for this upcoming weekend. You saw UAB. I thought a pretty solid representation of itself last night down in South Florida in a 31-14 loss to Miami. And down just 17-14 there late in the third quarter. Um, a much-needed win for Miami. So we talked about with Brent Beard on the show yesterday. I mean, sort of your lasting impressions of Manny Diaz's first team down there were losses where it wasn't very much inspired play from the Hurricanes and losses to Florida International and also to Duke and also to Louisiana Tech being shut out there in Shreveport in the bowl game. So, the Canes get back on the winning streak. De'Eric King comes in from the University of Houston at the quarterback position, seemed to make a impact along the lines of what you would have expected last night. 16 straight games now for De'Eric King in which he is both passed and run for a touchdown, rushed for a touchdown. That's Tim Tebow territories in now in doing that. So, look, when it comes to Miami, if you, I saw on social media, wow, what a nice win. And and I and I'm right there with you when it comes to UAB and you know thinking that Bill Clark does a hell of a job and that's a really solid program. Got to see more from the Hurricanes, though. Okay, you know I see some stuff on my social media. You think we're back to 2001 era or something, late 80s era, Miami? I don't think we're there yet, but I do think with Rhett Lashley working with De'Eric King and running some tempo, running some zone reads, some RPO stuff there, you saw some improvement for the Miami offense. But how could you not? I mean, the one-year thing with Dan Enos was an absolute debacle last year. So there was nowhere to go but up. But it's a start that the Miami Hurricanes needed. Now Miami gets Louisville on the road. I think Florida State at home. Clemson on the road. And then Pitt at home. So check back with me in about a month on the Miami Hurricanes. We'll have a little more discussion about exactly how far they've come in year two under Manny Diaz. Hey, something else we wanted to get into today, and I kind of gave a last-minute pop quiz. I guess this was more of a pop quiz I posed to Joe Gaither and James, the intern there, do an outstanding job making sure this show has any kind of chance of coming off on a daily basis um, put this on the roundtable, too, at BamaOnline.com. If you're there with us on BOL, you can chime in there. But you can also chime in here on the show. With the NFL season getting underway and you start to take into consideration all the Alabama alums in the league right now, if you could pick three, you, had to, you could pick three Alabama alums in the league right now that you would build an NFL team for build an NFL team with for, say, the next five years. Who would be your three guys right now? And if you check out the thread at BamaOnline.com, it's amazing because, you know, there's guys like Amari Cooper and Marlon Humphrey and Mark Ingram that you're not even seeing on some of these. And, and I'm, not, I'm not knocking anybody's three. It just speaks to the incredible depth. And not just depth, but quality, all pro-type players Alabama has in the NFL right now. You don't see Landon Collins on a lot of these lists. So who would your three be? 
Who would be your three Alabama alums in the National Football League right now that you would pick to start an NFL team with when you're considering maybe the next five years? What about it, Joe? Do you got your three for us yet? Yeah, I'm ready. I, oh, we've been jamming. I've been t- talking about this in the booth, and I'm gonna go with. Uh, I gotta go with Eddie Jackson first for obvious reasons. I'll go Jerry Judy as well, and Quinnen Williams for my three. How about that? No Tua Tonga Vailoa, no Julio Jones, and I'm not knocking Joe's list. Again, it just tells you how nuts it is with these Alabama guys in the NFL. What did James have for us? Did James have his? Yeah, Travis, I, I'm going with Tua as my quarterback. You, you said for the next five years, so I think Tua is going to yeah. develop into a, a above-average starting quarterback by that time. I would go Julio, but he'll be 36, 37 by the end of that window. So I, I went with Ryan Kelly, who just got the big extension from the Colts to help protect Tua up the middle. And in today's NFL, you got to have a lockdown corner, so I went with Marlon Humphrey, who you just mentioned a second ago. I like that, James, and I like the reasoning on Julio. Because, as we talked about, we kind of put the caveat in there. We're talking for five years down the road here. We're trying to build a team. And look, I still wouldn't bet against Julio, though, right? But, I mean, we don't even talk about Calvin Ridley, you know? Just try to pick three guys from Alabama right now at some positions in the NFL. Nobody's mentioned Derrick Henry. Led the NFL in rushing last year. I mean, I know that the running back position has been devalued, but that's crazy. But again, I can't really argue with really any of these combinations. Now, I'm with James. I got to have my quarterback, and that would be Tua, obviously. Um, I want versatility. I got to be able to defend some in the NFL. And so I'm going to think about my most versatile guy that I could play multiple spots is one of my guys. And then I'm going to project because what you heard James just talk about, if we're talking five years down the road, I'm going to take a little bit of a flyer with my third guy. And my third guy is going to be Jonah Williams projected starting left tackle for the Cincinnati Bengals this season. And Jonah had to sit out. The 2019 season, after having that shoulder surgery, good to go, and is going to be the personal protector for Joe Burrow up there in Cincinnati. So I'm going to, I'm going to look ahead a little bit. You know, where's J.K. Scott on these lists for crying out loud? You know, no J.K. Scott. Don't have to worry about picking a kicker right now, do we? When it comes to Alabama NFL guys, uh, no. Not so much. But, again, you want to talk about things that speak to the greatness of this run that Alabama has been on under Nick Saban? Yes, I know the championships are everything. Those five are everything. The SEC titles, okay. But, man, when you try to pick just three guys among Alabama alums to start a franchise with, it's hard. And it's not just hard overall, it's hard at some positions. Look at the three you can pick at running back right now. Derrick Henry, Mark Ingram, Josh Jacobs. That would be the three right now, wouldn't it? Yeah. Damian Harris is, you know, a guy that you would possibly consider. The what if guy is always going to be Bo Scarborough, I think. 
Bo once again dealing with some health issues up in Detroit. Flashed last year and some limited opportunities in Detroit. Um, that's the guy you're always going to sort of wonder what if. That's the guy that could have been Derrick Henry as well, if not even perhaps a little bit more potentially, if not for all the injuries. It's a lot of fun. And we'll keep it going as we move throughout today's program. First, though, we're going to head to our first break. When we come back, we'll ask Charlie Potter for his three. When Southern Fried Sports returns on a Friday, presented by Peterbrook Chocolatier, right here on Tide 100.9 FM, right after this. Partially sunny and warm this afternoon. The chance of scattered showers and thunderstorms through early tonight. The high today, 89. Tonight's low, 73. Tomorrow and Sunday, cloudy at times. A good chance of showers and storms both days. Highs between 84 and 87. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. Tide 100.9. For more coverage of Alabama football, visit us at Tide100.9.com or download the free Tide 100.9 app. The Crimson Tide! Right here on Tide 100.9 FM, Travis Schreier, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com with you each and every weekday morning from 11 a.m. until noon. Time on Friday to head to the Peterbrook Chocolatier studio line and check in with my colleague there at Bama Online. Mr. Charlie Potter does an outstanding job covering the Alabama Crimson Tide for us there at BOL. Charlie, how much did you immerse yourself into the football last night were you all about that houston kansas city game uh were you maybe uh or were maybe you you doing some things outside of sports no i definitely watched the first game of the nfl season um i don't have a favorite nfl team but i anytime the nfl's on it it's on the tv and at least on in the background i i grew up just loving watching the league you know there's several teams that i like to watch more so than others but I, I just really enjoy watching the NFL. It's good to see it back. Um, you know, the, the Chiefs look like they're, you know, set to, to compete for another championship. And as someone that, you know, did several fantasy football drafts this week, it was kind of disheartening <laughs> to see Deshaun Watson not get a, a lot of help. But those are two talented quarterbacks. And to see that as the first game, it was, it was pretty exciting. Yeah, we saw that Clyde edwards Zalar a lot last season in the SEC. So I don't think it was a big surprise to fans of SEC football and especially SEC Western division teams to see him do his thing as in his debut. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it, it wasn't promising for the rest of the a- AFC or really the NFL in general to see the Chiefs sort of pick up where they left off. And you're right. Felt kind of for Deshaun Watson. I mean, when the Hopkins trade went down, you wondered, okay, we know Deshaun can make a lot of guys around him better. Um, but it, the difference as much as anything last night, as great as Mahomes is, is Mahomes is still just surrounded by guys at just about every spot. 
Yeah, he is. I mean, Tyreek Hill's a special talent. Travis Kelsey is one of the best tight ends in the NFL, if not the best. And you forget about guys like Sammy Watkins. And then adding Edwards Lair to that group, I mean, seeing the Chiefs scoop him up at the end of the first round, it just, yeah. when they made that, as that was the perfect fit. It was probably one of the best picks of the entire draft just because he fits what they need. He's, he's like Brian Westbrook and, and Andy Reid's old offenses in Philadelphia. So, you know, that. The, the cast that Mahomes has around him, yeah, it, it's really special. And, you know, the, there are pieces in Houston. You know, I think David Johnson showed that he could be maybe what he was a few years ago in Arizona. You have Will Fuller. You have Brandon Cooks coming over. Uh, but, you know, they're, they're no DeAndre Hopkins. You know, you take away a, a Kelsey or even a Tyree Kill from Kansas City, and that offense is going to dip a little bit. And I think the, the offensive line needs to do a little bit better job keeping uh, Deshaun Watson's jersey clean, but you know, still, I mean, you know, they're both two of the best young quarterbacks in the league. I think they're the, the futures of the league, and it was exciting to see them battle early on. It, it was close early, but then the Chiefs started to pull away. Yeah, they did. And McCole Hardman also is a sort of complimentary piece there in Kansas City. I mean, when that guy's like your fourth or fifth option, you're in a pretty good spot as an offense. Hey, Charlie, we've been talking – so far this morning about the depth of Alabama alums in the National Football League and kind of pose the question of if you could pick three Alabama alums in the National Football League right now to build a team for the next five years with, who would be your three guys? I know I may be springing this on you a little bit, but um, let's hear your three, Charlie. Who would you go with right now? That's tough because there's so many to choose from. I know. And after cuts, there were 57 guys on rosters. I know some guys have been put on IR for three weeks. But for me, I think when you pose that question, the first person I think of is, is Mika Fitzpatrick just because you know he's a do-everything defensive back, and we saw him have an all-pro season last year. It's, you know, him and Marlon Humphrey, I think you could pick either one of those or even both and feel really good about where you stand in the secondary. Um, I think for me, I'd probably try to – pick guys that are more established in the league so like I would want to pick Tua but I would just want to see him in a few games yeah. right now he's going to start the season as the number two in Miami but you know he's he's the guy I would lean heavily toward because I think you know Tua's ability and his charisma you know they're going to translate well to the NFL but I think I would probably lean more towards picking an offensive lineman and right now you know you you would be hard-pressed to find a better one than Ryan Kelly at the center position I think he's now the highest-paid center in the NFL, and he's a really you know integral part of what is one of the league's best offensive lines up there in Indianapolis. So, you know, one of those DBs and and Ryan Kelly, and you know, for me, I think it, you you go with either a running back or a receiver if you're looking at Alabama players in the NFL, and basically take your pick. I mean, Derrick Henry led the league in rushing last year. You know, Josh Jacobs was phenomenal as a rookie. Um, you know, you have a couple of number one receivers and, and Julio Jones and Amari Cooper. So I think just, you know, picking from that group, you know, just put them in a hat, pick one out, you'll feel pretty good about it. Yeah, it, it's interesting to consider it from a couple different angles. Who would you pick today if you were going to put a team out there today? And then who would you go with maybe five years considering a five-year window that's when you start getting into these guys like Tua I think and Jonah Williams potentially Quentin Williams potentially uh when you start considering some of the more recent guys that have made that move to the National Football League Charlie uh scrimmage set 
for tomorrow, I guess, with the Alabama football team. Uh, what what will this one mean? And what are the key areas, in your opinion, that are going to be addressed or need to be addressed as you really start to, to get more and more next week, I would think, into Missouri mode as you move throughout that week? Yeah, I mean, this is this is an important scrimmage. We've seen it in the past. I know you went back at past quarterback competitions, and I've pinpointed this a lot, but this is the week that, that Blake Sims really separated himself to, to win that starting job. And I think Mac Jones has a pretty good uh, hold on that right now. But, um, you know, I think they want to see all the quarterbacks perform better this week because that first scrimmage doesn't sound like they had just their best day. I know last week they had a, a simulated game-type practice over at Brian Denny. It wasn't officially called a scrimmage, but it sounds like all the quarterbacks did a pretty decent day, and I think they want to see that carry over. But, um, no, I mean, quarterback play is always important, but I think the defense side of the ball, really, they, they want to see, um, you know, just to, to see that group continue to develop and take shape. I know Nick Saban's pointed out the secondary several times. I think they feel pretty good about several guys on that side of the ball, but you look at the star position, Sounds like a couple of freshmen are competing there. Um, I think he's pretty impressed and, and pleased with the improvement the defensive front has seen and showed. But uh, I think that they want to continue to do some things on that side of the ball, especially situationally. So, um, I mean, it's just, it's just a laundry list of things. I think the offensive line, how it looks, because we've seen Landon Dickerson kind of move back to center, whether that's of necessity or that's the move they're going to make moving forward. Uh, remains to be seen, but you know there's just there's so much. I mean, you know, with no spring practice, this team is taking shape. And you know, just looking at that NFL game as an example last night, you could kind of tell that they didn't have any preseason games at the beginning. There were some communication issues and things like that. It was a little sloppy early on, and those guys are pros, so they settled down and, and looked cleaner as the game went on. But you know, Alabama is starting to clean up some of those little things, and like you said, yeah, get ready to to start focusing on Missouri. They'll have three practices next week, and then will be at game week. It's pretty crazy to say that, but this this scrimmage is a big step in that direction of getting there. You know, Charlie, we've kind of assumed since the start of preseason practice that the situation along that defensive line was going to be LeBron Ray, DJ Dale, and Christian Barmore. When you talk about a first three uh, and kind of their base look, and even when they go to some of their nickel and dime stuff and pass row situations, um, is it still safe to assume that's the case, or, or are we maybe overlooking the fact that, look, there were some guys like Byron Young, Justin Aboigby, played a lot of football themselves last year and have big upsides, and maybe there's more competition going on right now on that defensive line than maybe a lot of people figured just a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I think for Alabama, that's a good thing. You look at it, and, and Christian Barmore is the guy that has been hyped up all offseason long, and deservedly so. I mean, when he's rushing the passer, he's extremely effective. I think with him, uh, it's just a couple things with, you know, you and I have talked about it, the maturity aspect and then consistency. I think if he's, you know, more consistent as a as a run stopper, then Christian Barmore is the guy that's going to be really hard to keep off the field. But I think in that same vein, uh, guys like Justin Aboigby and Byron Young have, have had really good camps. I think Aboigby's the guy that really benefited from the time he had last year. Same for Young, but Aboigby's had a really good preseason. And I think those are two guys, Aboigby and Barmore, that could play opposite of, of LeBron Ray and Alabama would feel really good about it. I think really you look at it, and they probably have six really, really good defensive linemen with 
Ray and Dale and Barmore and then a Boyd B. Young and, and Fidarian Mathis. And then you can sprinkle in some of those young guys, guys like Ishmael Sobchers had a good camp. You look at guys like you know, Stephon Wynn, maybe a, a newcomer like Tim Smith. The, the depth is there on the defensive line. And I think having guys competing and, and showing promise uh, during this preseason is, is beneficial for what could be one of the strengths of this team. Obviously, they want to you know, be better at stopping the run and be more consistent from a pass rushing standpoint. But I think they have the, the horses in the stable that can do that. You know, with Barmore, you know, I, I think that it's a situation, like I said, it's all about maturity and consistency. And if he shows that, he's going to be a special player this fall. Charlie, I know you have a update. Uh, we have an update at BamaOnline.com on Evan Neal right now on the website. And uh, he was made available to the, the media here in the last few days. And, you know, you consider how much this guy has transformed physically going back to his IMG days uh, and then right into his first year or two at Alabama and left guard last year, right tackle now. Uh, looks like if something were to happen to Alex Leatherwood, he would just flip over to the left side probably at this point. He's still got some football to play. We understand that. But when you think about all the great linemen that have come through here in the Nick Saban era, is this a guy that when it's all said and done could end up at the top of that list? I think he has a chance. And, yeah, we talked to him yesterday, and it was the first time hearing from him uh, because last year you know, true freshmen weren't made available, and then there wasn't any kind of media day or, or post-game access to the locker room at the Citrus Bowl. So, you know, we've heard from Evan Neal and, and Christian Harris and DJ Dale for the first time in their Alabama careers in the last few weeks, and it's been good. I think, you know, Evan Neal, he's a guy we'll probably hear from a lot. He was, you know, he handled himself well behind the podium up there on the Zoom call, and you could just tell you know, they had to adjust the camera before, you know, he started speaking because it was set to, to Nick <laughs> Saban from, from Tuesday, and uh, Evan Neal's a much larger man than coach, and uh, you know he he said it himself. You can tell just by looking at him; he's trimmed down a lot. He said he came into uh, the program at 385; he's down to 355, and still hopes to lose a few more pounds. And uh, it, it's obvious, and it was obvious whenever we saw um, you know Dr. Ray tweet out a, a video of him doing a, an impressive you know box jump where he split his legs in midair and then landed. And uh, I think that was the, the crux of the, the story that I posted this morning is just that athletic ability. I mean, I know everybody saw the clip last year when Alabama was playing Tennessee and, and two or through an uh, interception at the goal line. And we all saw Henry Ruggs and uh, Jalen Waddle turn on the afterburners and, and catch up to Nigel Warrior before uh, you know, he could get too far into Alabama territory. But you could see number 73 just sprinting downfield and, and keeping up with the pack pretty well. And so I think his athletic ability is not something that other guys haven't had, but, you know, you can just definitely see it in Evan. And I think, yeah, I mean, if he keeps this up and, and continues to progress and improve, he's going to be um, another offensive tackle that we see going the first round, and he's going to be up there with some of the guys that have been mentioned as the best all-time at their positions. There you go, Charlie Potter. As always, great stuff with us here on Southern Fried Sports. Catch Charlie and myself on the Bama Online Podcast as well. We have a lot of fun with that. Great, great work by Charlie there at BamaOnline.com. Hey, Charlie, have a good weekend. We'll catch up again soon. All right, man. Thanks for having me. There he goes, Charlie Potter. If you haven't already, give him a follow on Twitter. At Charlie underscore Potter, P-O-T. 
T-E-R. Back with more of a Friday edition of Southern Fried Sports right here on Tide 100.9 FM right after this. You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with BamaOnline.com senior analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. I'm Travis Ryder, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com, with you each and every weekday morning from 11 a.m. until noon. Show, as always, brought to you in part by Houston Hydrosteam, home of the Houston Rug Revival. Not only properly clean your home on a regular basis, but extend the life of those carpets, those rugs, the upholstery, the furniture, the tile, the grout. Do it right now. Give them a call at 205-553-9460. If you've had some water damage, perhaps, they can help you with that. So many great services available to you from Houston Hydrosteam. Houston Hydrosteam, quality work you can stand on, 205-553-9460. Hey, we got a game seven, right? Tonight in the Eastern Conference semifinals, the NBA playoffs, the Celtics and the Raptors. Man, we talked about the Raptors yesterday. Lose Kawhi Leonard, and here they are on the brink of another appearance in the equivalent of the NBA's Final Four. Get a win tonight. Uh, It would be crushing, I would say, to the Celtics. Celtics look so strong early in the series, but here come the Raptors down the stretch. And so we get a Game 7. That's a 7 o'clock tip-off, I believe, tonight on the cable. Braves didn't score 29 last night, all right? But they did get seven, and they did come back from a five to nothing deficit. They were down five to nothing heading to the top of the third, really into the top of the fourth. And uh, the Braves outscore the Nationals from that point forward seven to one over the remainder of that game. How about Freddie Freeman? A couple of home runs last night. Freddie's been feeling it a little bit here lately, too. The home run barrage continues with Freddie with two, Acuna with a homer, Dansby Swanson with a homer. So uh, you like the home run, home run parade for the Atlanta Braves here of late. Braves won again up in D.C. by a score of seven to six. Uh, 205-342-9904 is the Peterbrook Chocolatier Studio Line. If you'd like to check in, we've been talking Three UA alums in the NFL right now that you would build your NFL team for for the next five years. You're looking at a five-year window. You can pick three Alabama alums in the league right now. Who would your three be? I went with Tua Tagovailoa, 
I went with Minka Fitzpatrick, and I took a flyer on Jonah Williams. I think Jonah's going to stay healthy. I think Jonah's going to be a fixture, kind of like a Joe Thomas there at the left tackle position just in Cincinnati. And so those were my three. James, the intern, I liked his three too, though. Uh, he was thinking big picture with some of his picks. He liked Mink. He liked two as well. Uh, but a little bit out of the box. So we like that. We like college football this weekend too. And uh, look, you know, it's a step up, okay? It's still not SEC football. It's still not really Power 5 versus Power 5 football in a lot of instances. But you are going to have some games like Georgia Tech at Florida State. I like Georgia Tech. I think Georgia Tech's getting like 12 or 13 on the road. Yeah, last check, Georgia Tech getting 13 in Tallahassee tomorrow. That's a 2.30 kickoff, by the way. I think I like Jeff Collins in Georgia Tech getting 13 on the road in Mike Norvell's debut as the Florida State head coach. Another game I'm intrigued by. Talked about this one a little bit earlier in the week, too. I'm interested in Chase Bryce and Duke going up to Notre Dame. Notre Dame's a 20-point favorite. I think I like Duke in all those points. I like the road dogs pretty good. You know, home dog is where Rusty comes in. But I like a couple of road dogs tomorrow. I like Georgia Tech getting the 13, and I like Duke getting the 20 up in South Bend. We'll see how it goes, you know. Play at your own risk. Recreational purposes only. But you got a decent television slate tomorrow. Although the early games don't do much to get the pulse going. The 11 a.m. games of that bunch, gosh, your best matchup might be Arkansas State at Kansas State on Fox. I mean, you've got an ACC matchup in Syracuse at North Carolina, but I'm not feeling Syracuse that much this year, going into that one especially. And then at 1.30, you will have that Duke at Notre Dame game. 2.30, you'll have Georgia Tech at Florida State. And then there's a little bit of fizzle when you get to the primetime aspect of things. ABC is going to give you Clemson at Wake Forest, but Clemson a 33-point favorite on the road <laughs> at the Demon Deacons. You know, Western Carolina – at Louisville, could be competitive. That's an ACC network game, though. So unless you have the net, you're not going to see that one. And interesting, too, with this Coastal Carolina at Kansas game, I see where the hat, the hat's only laying like six and a half or seven at home against Coastal Carolina. So we'll see how the Jayhawks do in that one against the Santa Clears coming over from Conway, South Carolina, for that one. That's a That's a later game. You'll be able to see that one. That'll be your that'll be your Big 12 after dark. That's a 9 o'clock kickoff. You'll see that one on FS1. We're going to head to our final break of the program. As we do so, I want to remind you the show brought to you by Chase's Residential and Commercial Cleaning, Yashika Barnes. Been doing this stuff for over 20 years. Quality cleaning of your home, of your business. Yashika and her great group can take great care of you. 205-886-3616. I've talked about dependability. I've talked about thorough uh, and, and the approach. And I, I can't emphasize those attributes enough when it comes to Chase's residential 
and commercial cleaning, 205-886-3616. We're going to step aside for a break and we come back. Pops on a Friday. We've got some important questions for Pops because on this day in 1964, the Beatles played the old Gator Bowl down in Pops' hometown of Jacksonville, Florida. Pops at that point was a senior in high school at Robert E. Lee over on the uh, west side of Jacksonville, Florida. We're going to ask Pops, did he see the Beatles in 64? I mean, you talk about the Beatles mania in full go there after coming over to the States in, what, 63? We'll ask Pops about that. Southern Fried Sports returns on a Friday right after this. Partially sunny and warm this afternoon. The chance of scattered showers and thunderstorms through early tonight. The high today, 89. Tonight's low, 73. Tomorrow and Sunday, cloudy at times. A good chance of showers and storms both days. Highs between 84 and 87. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. The flagship station for Alabama Crimson Tide football. Alabama touchdown. Only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. check in uh, with pops and pops right out the gate you know on this date in 1964 those guys played the old gator bowl down there in jacksonville florida were you really? aware of that i didn't know that so i'm gonna I, guess you were not in attendance for that show i, I didn't i didn't make it <laughs> mm-hmm. were you a big beatles guy or was that more was that well, more of a female yeah, thing initially I like pops I, I like the beatles but but uh, you know I like the Stones too, and mm-hmm. uh, but I mean the Beatles were great. I, 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 I jumped on their bandwagon, but uh, I was I always liked the Stones, and, the, and, and and there was always competition. It seemed like between those two groups. You know, I think they were just smart about it. I think I think yeah. I think a lot of it was marketing. I think this. I think the Beatles at their core were just as rogue in some ways and like to have a good time in a lot of ways as right. the Stones did. They were just packaged differently, Pops. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. they were definitely, definitely uh, packaged different. <laughs> you know, from what I read up on that 1964 show there at the Gator Bowl, the Beatles requested of the city of Jacksonville that the, 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 the fan attendance be desegregated. That yeah, everyone that. be allowed into the Gator Bowl for the show. Yeah, they weren't going to come if it, if it wasn't, uh, you know, integrated. Integrated, yeah. Uh, wow. 
Good for them, that? you know. Yeah, they were, absolutely. They were ahead of their time, weren't they? Do you remember the girls back then just being absolutely oh my God. cuckoo over the Beatles pops? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Did you run um, out and get a Ringo Star haircut, pops? <laughs> Ringo was different now. <laughs> <laughs> he set his own tone. Yeah. I always yeah. liked him. Uh-huh. Yeah, Ringo, I always thought Ringo was more Stones than Beatles. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, I could have seen I could have seen Ringo in the Stones very yeah, easily. Yeah, with no problem, no problem. He'd yeah. fit right in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was mm-hmm. he was something else. <laughs> Pops, Those were good Celtics. old days. Yeah. yeah, your Celtics are in a game seven tonight, but Larry Bird's not playing. So how much of that will you watch tonight, the Celtics? Well, well I'm, I'm glad to see the Celtics doing well. You know, uh, but it's just yeah, uh, my my. Larry Bird is history, and, and uh, I just can't get into him like I used to. Mm-hmm. The Messiah, right? The Messiah. <laughs> my my personal Messiah. Oh, hey, Pops, you know what I'm doing Sunday? Fly fishing. Going fly fishing on the Snake River in Wyoming. Well, don't, don't hook Locklear in the ear. Locklear will be the one of us that actually excels at this. Oh, I know. She'll, because, it, you know, God bless this poor guy, you know, trying I to know, show me how I to fly fish, Pops. Yeah. I'm going to ask him if he's got a zip code, you know, or something I can cast. Oh, Lord. Yeah, I wish y'all could film it so we could see the whole trip. <laughs> have you ever been fly fishing, Pops? I never have. I, I don't know. It just seemed like too much work. You know, yeah, that's that's my thing. I so already, I've never, I've already, never, I, I, I mean, I wouldn't mind doing it like what the way you are, you know, yeah. just a, yeah, whatever. But as far as doing it regularly, I it's just I like to just cast it out there and let it sit, you know. Yeah, yeah, you like trout fishing and stuff yeah. like that. There's, I, I love trout. Throw a cork fishing. out there, popping cork. Yeah, yeah. A little, yeah. A little fresh shrimp, fresh dead shrimp on there. Oh yeah. Yeah, man. The trout, the trout, they like that live shrimp pretty good too, though, pops. Well, they'll be hitting those. They'll be they'll be hitting those flies too. Them, them mm-hmm. Trout up there in uh, Montana. I already told uh, Locklear, aka the Chocolate Lady. I already told her. I said, "Look, if I get an hour into this and I still can't get a fly into the water, I'm just going to sit and take in the scenery. You know, I'm there just going to turn go. it into a boat ride, pops. It means fly fishing, right?" Don't get no better. Don't get yeah. no better than that right there. Ice cold beverages out on the Snake oh, yeah. River. Yeah, you got to have ice cold. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And and just enjoy the the scenery and and watch it. The guide catch fish, you know. Right. <laughs> now, pops, our Jaguars open at home down there Sunday. Are you going to go to the game, pops? Will you be I'm, among the I, thirteen thousand there? I, I'm I'm scared, and I tell you, I'm scared. You know. Mm-hmm. But Phillip no, Rivers I won't scares be. You. I won't be at the game, but I will be watching it on TV. That's for sure. Philip Rivers, you know, he isn't Philip Rivers isn't nice to our Jags. He, he owns the Jaguars. He absolutely mm-hmm. he plays toys with the Jaguars. <laughs> you know, just like Peyton Manning did. You know, mm-hmm. just just play it. It's no more than just a scrimmage for them. Uh, but I got my fingers crossed. You know. 
couple of his offensive linemen beat up right now, though, Quentin Nelson and also Ryan Kelly. Yeah. Uh, the I Alabama the product. Paper. They're a little beat they, up, a little banged up, Pops. I saw the, the, the report yesterday on, on the injury, uh, injury report. Injury report. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, you see where they start in 38 at running back. Well, yeah. Right? I mean, that's why they cut Leonard Fournette. I thought they were going to kind of, you know, break him in slow. But they got the boy in the start lineup. So that I broke the news on the show last week, you know, how that all went down with James Robinson, the undrafted free agent, starting at yeah. running back for the Jags. Yeah. 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 That's, that's going to be interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it just sounds like the Jags figured, look, we're going to win maybe six or seven games at most with the with these guys, uh, with or without these guys. I know. You know? Yeah. Sounds like Marone's tired of the babysitting pops. Yeah, that's, that, they'd, they'd rather have, you know, uh, quality human beings that, that are team players, you know. It may mm-hmm. cost them some games, but that's, that's fine. Is it really yeah. going to cost them some games, though? I mean, the one guy that wasn't a problem was Calais Campbell. That may cost him some games because that, that with, broke, with the Colts. Yeah. That broke everybody's heart in Jacksonville. They, everybody loved him. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And we uh, hated to see him go. I, mm-hmm. I, and I still don't understand that. I, I, I just don't get it at all. Mm-hmm. At all. Are you going to watch any of the college good. football this week? Huh? You going to watch any of the college football pops? Yeah, yeah. I'm on. Who's, uh, tonight they're playing. Is, is, there's college games on tonight, right? I don't know. I know there's Florida State, Georgia That's Tech. tomorrow. Florida State tomorrow yeah. at 3. Yeah. Florida State's laying 13 points to Georgia Tech, Pops. That seems a little high to me, but, you know. <laughs> that seems very high. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know who came up with those odds, but there's a, there's a kid from Jacksonville might be starting for Georgia Tech at quarterback. Yeah, Damn just a freshman, kid. I think. Yeah. 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 Was it Oak Leaf kid, one of those kids? Yeah. Yeah. I think, was, I think his, his name is Sims. Yeah, yeah. It may have been Sandalwood, I'm thinking, out there for, yeah, Sandalwood. for Sims. Sandalwood. Yeah. You got Jacquez Robinson, you know, the defensive back from Sandalwood's a freshman at Alabama Pops at the cornerback really? spot. Yeah. Wow. Who's yeah. Taking that last night at Kansas City, that wide receiver, Demarcus Robinson, is he from Florida? I don't think – I don't think – I don't think so, Pops. I, I don't know why I'm 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 feeling that way, but I, 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 I kept saying to Marcus Robinson. I said, "Dang, that sounds familiar." Yeah, it may he may not be from Florida. I don't know. Are you are you officially all gatored up? You excited about the Gators opening well, on uh, I'm, September I'm, the twenty sixth? I'm, I'm I'm glad for football. Period. Uh, and but as far as gung ho eat up, I'm more eat up about the Jaguars than I am Florida. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I, you're right I, though, Demarcus Robinson uh, is a Florida product. Did play at Florida. You're on that pops. Okay, well thank you. I I, I I thought he was, but it's been a few years, you know, and I couldn't remember. Fourth round pick, 2016. Yeah. Wow. 
You still got a little something on that fastball. You oh know? yeah, not much, not much. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, what what are we looking at for lunch today? What, what's got oh, what's Nana got for today? It's a pineapple sandwich today. Oh, the yeah, pineapple yeah. sandwich returned. Oh yeah, finally. Yeah. Like right now, I'm drenched, soaking wet from cutting the yard. My shirt mm-hmm. is soaking wet. My shorts, socks are soaking wet, and a good old cold. Pineapple sandwich would be perfect. Mayonnaise on both slices Mayonnaise, of bread, right? Mayonnaise, oh, Lord. You know. Mm-hmm. Now, do you pepper the bread. pineapple sandwich like you do the tomato sandwich? Yeah, same way. Same way. Oh, wow. Huh. Same way. Just, just, All right. And it's perfect when you're hot and everything. Uh-huh. You get, get uh-huh. throw one together for me. How long has it been since you've had a banana sandwich? You've had banana yeah. sandwiches, right? I, yeah, I love banana sandwiches, too. Mayonnaise, uh, yeah. Uh, a, a, a good banana, same way. But I I use, I don't use a mayonnaise, I use peanut butter. Oh, wow, there you go, like Elvis. Peanut yeah. butter and banana on white bread. It, didn't Elvis do that? I think he was peanut butter and no. banana sandwich guy. Yeah, I'm telling you, it's a killer with a glass of ice-cold milk. Yeah, you like ice in the milk, too. Ooh, Lord, yeah. All right, Pops. Well, we won't keep you from that any longer. Have a great right. weekend. Well, it's good talking to you. Y'all be careful up there. All right. All right, there he goes, Pops. That's going to do it for a Friday edition of Southern Fried Sports. The lunch whistle today, Southern Ale House, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North. I don't know if you'll get a pineapple sandwich at Southern Ale House, but every other sandwich you're going to find there is going to knock your socks off, guaranteed. Southern Ale House, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North. Thanks to the guys for producing it. Thanks to Charlie Potter as well. Travis Ryer, hoping you have a great weekend. So long, everybody.